0: Good morning. I'm Dan Wilt, and this is your wake up call. Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. We enter into today's meeting with Jesus with our prayer of consecration Jesus, have mercy as I move through this day. You in me, and I in you in the times of peace the hours may bring, in the seasons of wilderness that make me strong, in the freedom of surrender before your cross, in the power of the resurrection that makes me whole. Jesus, have mercy as I move through this day, you in me and I in you. In your name I come. Amen. Our reading for today is entitled, The Devil Led Him to Jerusalem, and our scripture passage is from Luke 4, verses 1 to 9. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. Consider this. We now enter the third test, the third temptation of Jesus in the wild. His vocation is at stake. He has been named and called by the Father, and the enemy is doing his primary destructive work, knowing all this is at stake. He is seeking to unname Jesus, to cut off his personhood before the Creator and his ministry of bringing dead things to life before it even begins. In the Madeleine L'Engle science fiction classic *A Wind in the Door*, she speaks of people who love as namers, and the demonic creatures that destroy as unnamers. The father names us, and our name carries our calling, our purpose, our order in a chaotic world. The adversary unnames us, distorts our identity, and seeks to rip it from us as early as possible in life. That's why it's important to walk with the Lord in our younger years, with mature guidance and Christ-oriented support. It is in the early years the enemy sought to strip from us our personhood before God. The Father wants to minister to those places of brokenness. Our work is not to sweep them under the rug and hope we somehow outgrew lies we believed early on. The Satan, the accuser, has one shot left. In the first test, he aims at Jesus' use of power, pressing him to use it on himself, the bread. In the second test, he aims at Jesus' use of privilege, seeking to convince him he can have everything he ever desired without pain or suffering. In this third test, the evil one aims at Jesus' use of persuasion, tempting him to perform a miracle that will convince all of his message and enable him to skip the unbelief that will inevitably lead him to a cross. The devil wants Jesus to put the Lord his God to the test. But the nature of that press is toward a noble end, that all would see his deity. Why is this such a subtle, important final play of the enemy? I believe the answer lies in Israel's primary stumbling in their 40 years of wilderness wanderings. They asked for things that didn't derive from the Father's will, but rather from their own. It is willfulness, our own will, that Jesus is being challenged to exert. Jesus will use the gift of his volition to heal the sick, raise the dead, and bring the message of life to millennia of souls like you and me. Could Satan get him to exert his own will, to get the Father to do his, rather than the other way around? A friend and fellow leader once suggested that the difference between prayer and magic is determined by knowing whose will is being done. In prayer, true conversation and communion with God we are interested in seeing the Father's will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 9-13 through 13. In magic, which prayer can easily and subtly turn into, we use our will and prayer to get God to do our will. Whether our will is being done by expressing it in a chain letter full of Quote, just pass this on to seven people and your prayer will be granted, end quote. Or is expressed in prayers that rely more on many words, Matthew 6, 7, and spiritual badgering of God than trust and obedience, such willfulness and its incantations are about magic, ways to manipulate spiritual power to do what we want. Jesus will not press his will up against the Father's, persuading God to do something other than what God himself initiates. The Prayer Lord of the wild, we have used our own wills to get you to do what we want and ask. That is different than us being honest. That is about prioritizing our will over yours forgive us and give us the will to do your will alone in Jesus name Amen the question have you ever even for noble reasons prayed in a way that was more about your will being done than the Father's for the awakening I'm Dan Will we hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.